No, I was actually going to ask you, can you hear Chewy? No. He's been losing his shit. He's got a new <laughs> little rugby ball toy, um, and it is the most aggressive like squeak you ever imagine. And he's just been going absolutely ham for it. And like, you throw it, and he nudges it with his nose until it squeaks like super loud. You throw it, he does it again. And now Kate's been trying to hide it, and I've been trying to hide it because he does it during the night, and you just hear this <laughs> intermittent. <laughs> And then we've hidden it, and then he starts barking because he wants to, like, oh. he's found what shelf or whatever we've hidden it on and just barks for it. Well, he's our, f- our fifth member of the team, so if he does squeak, well, <laughs> he's fine, don't worry. Unofficial. unofficial I want to hear mascot. his opinions. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> he comes on. Actually, what I believe is... <laughs> Chewie's so eloquent. I take after you, father. Hello and welcome to The Phantom Zone, your one-stop shop for all things nerdy. If you like what you hear today, you can listen to our other episodes on a whole range of other nerdy subjects on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and SoundCloud. Today, I'm here and I'm joined by the fabulous duo, Ian and Simone. Hello both. Hello. Oi. I want That's our friends. low energy. Give me some more. Oh, Come okay. on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I want all our friends to introduce us like that. The f- fantastic duo, fabulous duo, and then we scream. I actually heard my voice doing <laughs> that. Oh, should be God. well rehearsed by you, Ian. Like, you're the loudest one on here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> uh, I'm back and I'm insulting you already. Oh. It's exactly as it was before. I it's painful because it's true. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? Yeah, Both we're of good. you. We're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, yeah, we're doing all right. We're loving life as always. Yes, nice. So, I mean, obviously, our next big episode, which I guess is coming out after this one, is uh, the canonical event, the uh, the big one that everyone's been waiting for, the much discussed, the Oppenheimer and Christopher Nolan debate and I, review. I, th- I think that's already out. Is it already out? Yeah. Well, then we can cut this, cut this, cut this. <laughs> But no, keep it in. Go listen to that. Go go go, go listen to that episode. Yeah, on yeah. Uh, Spotify, then... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> smooth, smooth, seamless. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's been out. That's out. Technically, I guess if it's like time tomorrow, but for all our listeners, it's of out now. It so go listen. Yes, that wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff. Classic. You see, I've been out of the game for like one episode, and it's it's all gone Pete Tong. I, I just well, don't know what I'm doing anymore. I must and now say, I'm hosting, so, you know, the lunatics are running the asylum. <laughs> the last time that happened, it was great. It was the best time. <laughs> <laughs> what, me not being there or the podcast being hosted by I'll me? let you interpret what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is a total devastating crush of my dreams when i loved all things return of the jedi and uh yeah and that's actually the last time i think me and you were on alone and i don't think you've ever forgiven me <laughs> i've held you accountable for all my sadness yeah. ever since you've never you've not spoken to me <laughs> <laughs> only in group settings ian only in yeah. group settings. we're done professionally <laughs> Are we here to talk about something in particular? We, we'll, we'll get, we'll get we'll to get, that some man. Come we'll on. get to that. We're catching We're reminiscing. Up. We're reminiscing. Yeah. Well, Reminis- on, that, reminisce. on that subject, Simone, we are here today to talk about Invincible, the Atom Eve special prequel episode. Woo! So I'll give a little synopsis to start with. So in this special prequel episode, Samantha Atom Eve Wilkins discovers her superpowers as a young girl and must come to terms with her own sinister origins as she discovers a family she never knew she had. So I guess the first thing is, did everyone like this episode? Yes. I yeah, I did. I think yeah. it's it's a, well, I don't want to say it's a good time because Jesus, it's... Uh... Yeah. It's brutal <laughs> yeah. from start to finish. Yeah, which is very funny. I mean, they kind of... Have we all watched season one of Invincible? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic show. A lot more brevity at the beginning. And then, uh, obviously, that's a bit of a a gut punch as well at the Mm. end of the the season. And I guess this is kind of warming you up for things to come in terms of season two, maybe? Yeah, I mean, like, 
it's it feels because it's been a while since we've had season one right so it kind of feels a bit not random that this has come out because i'm always happy to have more invincible material to enjoy yeah um but when it came up on amazon me and simone were both like oh what's this like what's going on here yeah um and then watching it like I feel like obviously there's going to be things. There's a reason why this has come out, right? So I feel like there's going to be things foreshadowed for season two, like her yeah. being this powerful. Because now I'm kind of like, if she's that powerful, where she can get people. Are we just going straight into spoilers? By the way, we're just going straight into the. I yeah. think the idea. It's only a 55 minute episode. Yeah. I think we can go straight into it. So, like by the end, when you know the government have like eradicated her new family of like you know, different versions of her that they try to, like, create scientifically. Yeah. And she completely destroys their brains. I'm like, who can, like, is is she, like, as powerful as the Omicronians? Is it Omicronians? No, that's uh, that's Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> From Percy I-8. No, it's the, uh, the Viltrumites. That's it. It's because his symbol <laughs> is that. Is. I'm going to call them the Omicronians. <laughs> Omni-Man. Omni-Man, that's it. Is she as strong? Like, obviously, Omni-Man is, like, ultimately very physically powerful yeah and he has very powerful like 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 abilities but she has the ability to change matter and like change everything so is she like as powerful if not more powerful well i I take it then you haven't read all the comics then right i have read some of them (laughs) (laughs) see i mean invincible is arguably one of my favorite comic book series bar sort of the dc lineup i mean mm. uh robert kirkman and uh famous for walking dead yeah and ryan otley and uh cory or cory walker just created one of the richest worlds for superheroes that kind of took the the subject matter of superheroes and kind of twisted it on its head it's there's there's all very sort of similar stereotypes and archetypes on the show uh, or in the series but um, I feel it sort of takes the the sort of status quo and tweaks it, and uh, there's a big severity of sort of death, much like The Walking Dead did as well, where like dead characters remain dead, and uh, the only way sort of certain characters would come back from the dead were sort of if it was specific to the character itself, you know, if they could heal, or if it's something like Adamy, for example, who can sort of heal wounds to a degree with her powers and i think with with what you were saying about adam eve she is very sort of reminiscent of those op sort of uh phoenix force i was and just Scarlet about to Witch type characters. she reminds me of phoenix yeah. um force in x-men yeah and her and um mark are invincible are obviously the two heavy hitters for the show and mm-hmm. the the book series they're kind of the two co-leads invincible is the primary lead but she's very much sort of a supporting character who then sort of comes into as like a, a part and package deal going forward into the the, the rest of the comic books mm. so it's it's kind of one of those i can see why they did a prequel series to her because i would imagine season two moving forward she's going to have quite a sort of heavy a lot she didn't do. she didn't have a huge amount in season one it no. was more sort of mark's introduction into the wider invincible universe or the comic uh, the superhero universe mm. whilst i feel like season two is probably going to get down to more character driven stories yeah i think so too. and i think this was sort of a necessary step to do that and i think it's probably good giving her sort of a one-off episode to mm. get the origin sort of side of things out of the way so you don't have to worry about too much backstory with her as a character and focus more on the the current events mm. Was there well, anything sort yeah, of? I'd, from I'd agree. That's agree. a good yeah, roundup. That's, good I think that's yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the end of the episode. Nice. nice. Yeah. <laughs> We're all in agreement. <laughs> no, what do you think, Sam? No, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought that she. I mean, I really enjoyed her character in, in Invincible itself. Um, mm. But as Toby said, you know, just getting that extra bit of background on her. Um, and it's maybe the way that she behaved in. Um, no, do you know, it gave me a lot more empathy for her um you know she's she has been through some shit very much (laughs) she has been through the wars and yeah you know this this whole idea that she's so isolated in her family and then she gets her powers and she's so isolated even in that um yeah teaching herself how to be a superhero you know she in comparison to like 
um, Invincible. Mark. What's his name? Yeah. Mark. Mark. Yeah. You know, it's it's not looking good for him. You know, no. she's just like this self-made woman coming up, doing what she needs to do, and then there's him with his daddy issues. Um, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Big, big time. Big, big daddy end. issues though, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like she also has parental issues, you know? Her I parents mean, yeah, don't yeah. get her and they don't, they can't accept I, her for who she is. And we even yeah. see that in Invincible, but then we under, we see it even more in this one-off. Yeah. Well, this this is vital backstory and context oh, that sort of really adds to what we've seen before. You know, her dad's calling her a weirdo. Well, it's something, like, yeah. your, your child's Simone. a genius. Why is he so, because at the beginning of the episode, it's like their daughter died. Like that yeah. is what happened, unfortunately, yeah. in childbirth. Unbeknownst to them. So it's not like they, they knew that and yeah. Yeah. she's the adoptive daughter. No. Then they came like back shit in to deal with it. And they were like, it's a miracle she's not died. So yeah. they've had a second chance with this child who they literally think is their actual child. Yeah. And he's awful to her. He I'm, is, yeah. I'm like, what the hell, man? And it starts off like quite light where he's not quite acknowledging her ability the, her abilities or just her capabilities you know yeah. she's smart and their first instinct is to send her off to a quote-unquote special school mm. and you know it, it's how he can't seem to come to terms with and just kind of wants her to be a normal kid and even though she's really doing quite normal kid things and trying to figure herself out yeah he still seems to try and reject that at every point. But then he's just as much an ass to the mum. Like the mum seems to be very much the submissive. Yeah. With the op- with, with like glimmers of attempts to try and be maternal and motherly. But she also just wants to explain away the issues and just wants her little girl to be just a normal little girl kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. So it's, it's a very sort of cliche, toxic family. And I think it's good that they showed us that. I agree with you, Simone, that like we get more like empathy but fleshing out of her like in the show in the in the first season she is just kind of like a what's the word i don't want to say she's not a sidekick because that's harsh because she's her own superhero but she's just very much a side character to mark learning about his abilities his dad being an absolute piece of shit and then like the whole mess of that she's got her own stuff going on she goes and does her like humanitarian projects and such, but like we don't really get to really understand her fully. This yeah. provides us a lot of context for that. And yeah. it's painful context. Her fighting her siblings was like really tough to watch. It, Simone yeah. and I rewatched it just a moment ago. And every time one of them was getting smashed up, turned into dust, both of us were like, Ooh, God. Yeah. Like, when when you know that you understand the context of that more after watching it completely. Yeah. Rewatching it, it adds an oh, extra layer of just like damn, at that's the just end. dark. It's so dark. And she yeah. makes the picture of her real family at the end. Oh yeah. god. It's just it really pulls on your heart. Honestly, hats off to her. Like that is some strength. Yeah. That's truly some strength. Honestly, Mark, sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> sort it out, man. I mean, i guess also sort of adding to the the sort of context of this, because I guess that the idea is that while she's necessarily with a family in this she's even more alone and lonely at the end of this. Yeah. You know, so like, like you say, she has that picture of her family or her, oh, her, God, her, her sort of created family. And uh, she's very much like left completely isolated, even, you know, coming to terms with the fact that she's got an adoptive family mm. that they are completely unaware of and seemingly sort of, she's keeping them in the dark. So, I mean, how isolating is that? And it kind of makes sense why in Invincible, she latches onto characters like Rexplode, who's a total dickhead. Yeah, like an awful person. Yeah, but he'll give her sort of the attention that she probably desperately craves. Yeah, and it makes sense with her friend as well, who runs away from her, who thinks that she's like strange. Yeah, It's like nobody wants to actually understand her. Then she meets people with similar powers, even though they're shit people too. And connects to them because it's like, they're like me. Mm. They're as isolated. They're as like different and they'll understand even though like Rexplode is not like that at all. And it's like just a complete knob, you know. But I think if we, if we sort of flip it to the beginning again, like from the introduction uh, section where you sort of find out about what's happening with her parents or her mother and um, 
the 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 Doctor uh, Brandyworth or Professor Doctor Brandyworth, the the mad scientist, so to speak, who sort of created her. Great I thought name, the, uh, Brandyworth. It, yeah, I thought the uh, the the intro to the Guardians of the Globes and the lizard, uh, the Queen. Lizard oh yeah, I loved crew, that. I thought I that was that. very like early JLA. Yeah, like I wanted more cartoon, of that Sunday but, cartoon. Yeah, but then all I could think about was Omni Man, absolutely destroying them like <laughs> yeah. brutally and i was just like oh god like um yeah no that was a lot of fun that was very re- as you say very early maybe golden age style comics of like yeah. we're gonna take over the world with our lizard men <laughs> powers and it's like but how you're just lizard men and it's like no oh, don't ask questions about that is that hiss at yes yeah like, yeah <laughs> Are they snakes, I guess? I don't know. Lizards, snakes, they're the same thing. I guess, I mean, they are sort of the very cliche archetype of that villain of the week type crew. And I think uh, they sort of emulate this because there's a lot of kind of tongue-in-cheek parodies or emulations of very common MCU or not MCU, but the Marvel comics and the DC comics because like the Serp- they've got uh, the Serpent Society or the Serpent Squad in Marvel. Who are I love just stuff like, like that. They're I love all, like, like random... Yeah. Like Serpent Society. You know somebody sat in the office and went, guys, I've come up with something great here. It's going to be a league of snake people and we're going to call them the Serpent Society. And they'll say it like that every time with their sound. It's God like, damn it, Richard, put this to paper. Yeah. <laughs> Get it on. Get it on the press. And there's one guy being like, that's never going to sell. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's never going to do well. And it's like, this is the next big thing. Forget about Spider-Man. It's the Serpent Society. And they're bankrupt like a week later. <laughs> That's so true. That's yeah. so true. But I, I thought, that, I mean, that it was it was a great sort of counterpoint to the ending because it was sort of a bright, breezy, sort of entertaining romp, like little action adventure to start with. And I thought the um, the sort of realization that Omni, um, that the the immortal had that his uniform had a giant eye on it to <laughs> identify that he was the immortal, yeah. but he didn't realize that that's what it was there for. I thought it was great too. Um, the end, though, correct me if I'm wrong, the end is like him turning up home to uh, his wife, right? And Mark's dressed up in... As the duct tape man. Duct tape man. Um, that, at the end, where he like has to control his like anger yeah. and wanting to kill them, I was like, yeesh, Jesus. That's... Well, it, it felt like the, the frustration that he had that Mark hadn't exhibited any powers. Yeah, oh, that's, that yeah, that was the whole purpose of sort of why he was there, and like you say, the frustration of that. But then there was also that sort of humility side where I think he he did sort of soften to a degree, like when he which, flies away crying. Yeah, and yeah. It, it it almost echoes exactly that that same scene in the first series where he's just absolutely brutalized Mark, yeah. and then kind of just has that moment of realization of what the hell he'd just done particularly after Mark was like, after 500 years or 5,000 years, what do you have left? And Mark's like, you, Dad, I still have you. Oh, oh man. I just yeah. beat my son up. We need to rewatch oh, Invincible. It's a great so show. harrowing, the whole thing. Yeah. The, the, these guys, I mean, Seth Green, uh, Seth Rogen, you know, say what you want about his acting and his comedy, but he certainly picks some good products. Yeah. Is he the person pushing this? Yeah, yeah, he's the producer. So oh. um, he's producing this, obviously the TMNT new mo- movie. and Which um, we may be reviewing soon. Keep yeah. watch this space. Yeah, and The Preacher. He seems like he's got good relationships with Amazon because uh, Preacher. Did any of you guys watch that with Dominic? No, uh, no I didn't watch Dominic, it. what's his no. name? That was really good. Really good. I recommend. Hearty recommend. <laughs> hearty recommend but not us. too hearty yeah. but no, it was good it was good but um yeah i i mean this this seems like the perfect little teaser for season two hmm. of uh invincible and i think like you said because it's been such a long time since invincible season one came out you know what was it 2021 i think so sim can yeah, you remember I think it was... um i can fact check us now I, I will. <laughs> it, I will it was exactly 2021 so Sorry, I uh, I got there first. I had it on IMDb. Um, Poor <laughs> Simone, give her give her a bone, man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't don't worry, it's fine. I'll I'll just I'll what, leave. What what <laughs> of uh, 2021, Simone? Well, I've closed it now. <laughs> you got to be quicker on these. If you're going to be fact checker, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. It premiered that. on March 25th, 2021. There you go. There you go. So I mean, that's a while. 
yeah. particularly for sort of like a TV show. So, I mean, this, uh, and considering it's not coming out until later this year, mm. season two, like I feel like this, or even sort of early 2024 at this rate with strikes and things. You never well, know. I know season two is fully recorded and so season three. I don't oh, know great. about okay. the animation and how the strikes will affect the animation. Let's turn to our fact checker. Simone, how will the strikes affect the animation industry? Uh, well, you do animation's not my specialty. Um, but let, but... Just tell us about generally. Let's make it about the strikes. Let's talk about that. Tell us about the strikes, man. Oh, oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, fire away. Think, tell us how it's like going to affect. I this is a, a podcast mutiny. Have you, uh, you commandeered my host? <laughs> no, no. I think, no, it's, it's pertinent. We want to know if it's going to affect the show. Fire so, away. So. so currently <laughs> we have... Uh, the actors have been striking uh, due to a new clause that the studios want to put into their contracts, which would basically mean that uh, background actors would most would be the ones that are properly affected by this. So they would scan um, their likeness on their first day. They'd probably only get one day's work, and then they would sort of use that scan to populate the background scenes. That's um, fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. Also, that's not the biggest scummery ever. Also, that's the writers so are also striking right now because of the the way in which writers receive residuals um, for writing for streaming sites. It's so much lower than when it was when you were writing for a network. So, like write, writing for uh, chat BBC, like something that's going on to TV, because everything's streamed now. Um, the residuals are much lower. Um, I've seen so many articles and blog posts mm. from writers where they're getting like pow- like like pennies basically Jeez. in for residuals um in comparison Christ. to what it should be is if you have worked for a year on something writing away and then the show gets sold and then it gets sold again um there's money that is in the pot but that's going to pretty much netflix are just taking the and pocketing that um, yeah. And obviously, the big name actors will get something. Director will get something. Producer will get something. But the the writers aren't being um, they're not being taken care of. So I fully support the strikes. Yeah, we yeah. all do. Um, yeah, and yeah, pay it's, people the what power. they're worth. Pay, yeah, people, pay people, pay people what they're worth. worth, and also don't try to use AI to create scripts and then get someone in to change it. You know, like yeah. get the whole point of this industry is that it's it's it comes from people's hearts. And there's so much soul in it. And if we just let AI take over, we'll we'll lose the whole point of it. You know, that art we'll is... Get Terminator. <laughs> well, that. art is all about... Skynet's coming. You know, it's, it's, so <laughs> much stuff is scripts. about, you know, um, exploring the human condition. And there are so many things that AI just can't do, like jokes and something like Westworld, you know? Like, how could a... How could AI... Well, it's interesting you say Westworld. It's about AI. But it, it? it is, yeah. but like mm-hmm. the way they do that, they'll have an AI generate a script and then have some human come in to fix it. Yeah, no, it. it's fucked. It's, it's fucked completely up. messed it's totally up. Fucked up. Well, you, up. You completely lose the heart and sort of the emotion that, emotion. that inspires people. Mm. And and that could I, affect I, that does affect Invincible not to take it too far away. That does affect the show because like... Well, that, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say because I mean, you get you get elements like invincible where i'm sure there was there's there's gonna be and there probably have been issues with say the writers and stuff like that where they're Mm. not getting their due diligence but when i'm saying if you allow these people to have their creative outputs you get such high standards of shows like this but they're given time to cook you know because we Mm. were saying about how this has been a tight like a, a long period since the last season but the quality that you get is like a one off episode like this that gets people back into that sort of flavor town of Invincible. We're all enjoying it. And they're given sort of the time to hopefully get a, a fantastic season too. But they're not, say, for example, let's use Secret Invasion as a, yeah. a, 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 a <laughs> sort of blatant indictment of how if you just crush your employees and just squeeze any sort of creativity out of them and then pay them pennies, you're going to get a substandard show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, it's just pay people what they're worth. And- I, I would like to just point out that um, A24, the studio, they are the only ones that have accepted all good the, on the and they're a small, and they yeah. are a tiny, tiny studio, teeny tiny. 
So Disney, Warner Brothers, the rest of you, pull your finger out. Yeah, it's if if a twenty any twenty four can do it, I, all of them can. It's easy. And can. you went when you hear about how much these people earn at the top, they can definitely take paycheck uh, pay cuts. It's 100%, like percent, hundred percent. Yeah. And the rest. Well, late stage capitalism, man. This is what happens. You know, exactly. you got people in bloody energy companies with the biggest income they've had since they got rid of the energy price cap. What a brilliant idea that was, guys. Well done. Well done, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, Who'd have thought the Invincible Adam Eve special episode would be <laughs> so politically charged? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, pr- I'm proud to be. <laughs> fuck, fuck the Tories. That's why I say. <laughs> do, 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 do. But but to bring it back on on subject for a moment, if I have to do my hosting duties, though I do enjoy this subject, talking about what I was going to say is, are there any highlight scenes that you'd sort well, of Well, that's my favourite, I must say. <laughs> Other than that one. Um, Sim, what do you think? Uh, favourite scenes? Um, the I mean, the, the fight sequences in this are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're fantastic. The opening fight sequence, the end fight sequence, all yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd probably have to say yeah, probably one of the the fight sequences, or any of the fight sequences. Really enjoyed them. Um, yeah. I think the the one at the end though, when she realizes that she's fighting her siblings, oh, and brutal. they're just falling apart in front of her, and oh, it's brutal. it's fucking absolutely brutal. awful. But yeah. definitely, <sighs> that's that is like a top tier moment. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I agree. That's really good. What I think, about you, Ian? Well, I was going to say, I love, I really, really love animation. And um, I think, you know, I'd love to, we need to do more like watch along shows and stuff like that, or even rewatches and things like that. Um, I'm currently listening to uh, Bending the Elements, the podcast for Avatar, which again, one of my favorite animations. Um, so, show. oh, so good. But fight choreography and animation, I think, is massively underappreciated. And so, I really, yeah, Simone, like, totally agree. Those fight sequences are like amazing and like yeah. top quality. And I think people take for granted, like, oh, it's an animated show. These things are easy to do. Fight choreography and things like that are the same as it is in like live action. You have to really figure that stuff out, and things have to have a place in the world that you're creating through animation uh, and they do it amazingly if i was to choose something that's not the fight sequences because i do agree with sim i think they are stand out yeah i'm gonna go for like more like emotion not that they weren't emotional but like more of i guess emotional hits i think when she's first learning her powers and jumping around the city with the great soundtrack which is like a pop punk song that's playing I really like you that. love that song. I love that song. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, let's go when I hear that. Let's fucking go. I'm like, she's great. And then uh I think at the end when she's made changing the picture to her family that's died. Yeah. That for me, like it's such a simple scene. Again, it gives us massive character development without saying anything. She doesn't need to use dialogue to be like, oh, my family's dead, but I can make a picture. Like she just does it, and we can tell how soul destroying that is by just simple actions and us seeing it on the screen. And yeah, yeah, I think it's stunning. It's really great. Well, that that that's one of those age old sort of sayings where this is like, show it, don't tell it. Yeah, you know, 100%. and it adds so much more weight. It you does, know, doesn't it? Some Simone? monologue as to why she needs to put this bloody picture together. <laughs> it does, doesn't it, Simone? which is brought up in our Christopher Nolan debate, which you can listen to now on the UK Film Review page. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Speaking of decimations. <laughs> A one-sided fight, you know. It's... <laughs> well, if, if I sort of, I, I'd probably say it's a bridge between the two because, I mean, the fight choreography in this is absolutely yeah, stellar. Yeah. And I, I like Simone. Um, a total advocate for animation. I mean, the best film so far this year is Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yes. So bop, bop. And, oh. and it's, oh, I, I am an advocate for all things animation. And I think when you get such high quality products like this, it, it goes to show how live action really just isn't the best medium for superheroes. No. Like animation just allows 
you to understand that the shapes are supposed to be humans, but the the boundaries that they're restricted to in terms of like physics and stuff like that, you don't have to worry about. You can totally subvert how a human can actually operate mm. in, in favor of artist creativity. And like just like you were saying with the the movement around the city, that was so reminiscent of something like early Spider-Man, where he's just sort of enjoying the movement around the city. But it's catering to her powers you know she's flying around she's creating shapes and I, she i don't know if any either of you two have seen it but there's a an anime that while she's using her powers really sort of gave me the vibes of full metal alchemist yeah you know, uh, uh, you know as it was of course i know full metal alchemist from a, <laughs> phenomenal but all i kept thinking is when she kept like changing say like textbooks to burgers which is godlike power to me but <laughs> That's, me too. Me too. It was, yeah, it was very much like the equivalent exchange. You know, something yeah. has to turn into something. Yeah, that's but obviously so true. She goes on. She's getting far more powerful, and she's sort of creating things out of nothing. Mm. Yeah, no, that's so true. Well, here's a question for both of you then, yeah. and I'm not sure if you're aware of it. Um, there is an intention to have a live action Invincible film. There is. There is, and apparently and- there's been movement on it. I don't know how there has far been. Along they are. Um, Robert Kirkman has updated that it is in the works and it is on the way um with the strikes and everything it's all stalled rightly so as he agrees with the strikes everyone's doing a great thing trying to make sure future generations get to be able to work and thrive and survive in this industry 100 percent. everything's being put on pause but it's something that i know universal is very interested in creating and it's something that we've been working on behind the scenes to this point hopefully we'll be able to answer these questions in more answerable way some point in the future so it does seem that obviously the strikes rightly have caused this to stall but well, he's a writer, so I mean, if he yeah, can't he, get behind this, who who can? Yeah, no, hundred percent. But it does seem that a live action version of this universe is intended for a film. How do you both feel? Having we all three have said how amazing the animation is and how animation lends itself to the superhero world. How do we all feel with the idea of it being a live action film? Simone, you go first. Um, I'm not sure. Cool. I'm, right. I'm not. Okay. So sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm genuinely. I'm not. I'm not sure. I think. Am I not allowed to have thinking time? Can I? Yeah, not that's process? cleared up that one for us. Um, rude, rude, rude. Um, I think with something like Invincible being so uh, graphic and so bloody, I'm not sure how I would feel with with it being like that. If it was mm, live yeah. action, I think it would. Obviously, it, it being an animation, it takes something like it's not as. I mean, it's still pretty horrific to watch, but I'm not sure I would want to watch someone's head getting exploded by a punch from Omni Man. Yeah, like this is Midsummer or something. You know, I. It's just. It's. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be worse than Midsummer. It really. Yeah. I mean, but that horrific. scene is like etched into my brain. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you guys seen the Thank boys? Thank you, Ariasta. I have. Yes. I have not yeah. because I, I think we've talked about this before. But I've re- I've read the comics and I really don't like the comics. I'll watch the show. So I know everybody who's read and watched the show has told me the same thing that I would like the show, but I really hated the comic. Like, well, I, Ian, take it from me. And my word is clearly the most important. <laughs> so watch the boys. Okay, it's I will. Phenomenal. I have heard it's very good. And it's on Amazon, so it's easy enough to watch because you've already watched Invincible. But I agree with Simone. I think, I mean, first of all, we've got such a good product in this TV show. I feel mm. like if you make a movie, a live action movie, like make make a, uh, an animated movie, by all means, you know, to be a, a an addition to the show. Because I think there's some absolute, like, going forward into sort of the the comic sort of later down the line there's some absolutely like just massive storylines and just huge scope of potential animation that frankly with a a good um sort of budget behind it can just be absolutely amazing in terms of cinematic release Mm. but you know doing live action like i just said earlier i feel it 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 does ground and limit you to a degree where some of the more fantastical and extreme, be it violence or just movements and things like that, I, you're so sort of, there seems to be so much compromise in what you do. Mm. So the boys works because they go for the gore factor, but these superheroes are not really very good superheroes. 
so they don't have like the huge choreographed fights it's very much like a one punch and done or it's like just a tussle because these superheroes they're just dickheads with powers Mm. you know like homelander is supposedly on superman level but he's you know he never has to really fight anybody because he's the strongest person Mm. in their canon most of the time so it doesn't have the same sort of level that say invincible would have so they can kind of get on the way on the gore factor and have relatively rudimentary or basic sort of choreograph sort of fights Mm. where i think like invincible you've got both and i'd rather not lose that bombastic action side of things in favor of the sort of the violence but you're like the violence also kind of adds to invincible because i don't know you don't necessarily need the violence but it's kind of their well it's it's their shock value yeah and like even the sh- the, the logo of the the show got bloodier and bloodier as it goes on yeah, doesn't it, it did, and didn't it? it's an aspect of the story that this isn't like you know um well this isn't like avatar or you know <laughs> definitely not it's definitely not although like it could avatar. have been you know some of those powers yeah, I mean, they could, but they definitely could, could have taken to a violent route. Of hundred percent. I mean, blood bending, you know, Hello, bloody—that's yeah. pretty intense. But like, but they could even this show could have gone that way, right? Could have done it more pulled back, and they could have done less violence. They didn't have to be as brutal, but they embrace that because I, I know what you're saying. I'm not saying that I like to see people's heads get smashed in by a like omnipotent being of power crushing everything and killing everyone but like it's an aspect of the story that it is that violent because it's i'm not saying it's realistic because it's not but like i think it's trying to say that like if you did have these people with this immense power in this universe this is what would happen it would be violent and Mm. people would get fucked up you know you would get the bloody tiger dude from another universe smashing people to shit with a mace because that's the universe that we live in you know and i think if you got rid of that there's an aspect of the story not being the same and i think in live action that to be as violent as this show is in live action i i, I don't know who's watching it because i frankly i i probably wouldn't want to watch that either yeah. i don't want to see you know mark's character you know get smashed to hell and people in a train getting like messed up and killed yeah um, they probably have to tone it down though but then you're compromising on the story aren't you if you don't do a mass genocidal event of Omni-Man almost killing his son and in fact destroying an entire city, it doesn't have the same emotional punch, does it? No. I mean, the, the scope of that fight it's was huge. to sort of show how little and insignificant the humans were in, in their world. Yeah. Like they, they were just two titans that just... And how Omni Man saw them as like ants. Yeah, yeah. 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 That he was willing to be like, I will just kill them. Yeah. You need to have toys to play with. Yeah. You need to have that brutality because to us, they are still human beings and that every single one of them being exploded or killed or crushed are people. But to him, they are nothing and it doesn't matter. Like it's like killing a fly and he just does not care. But we do. So I think if you did tone it down, you're not going to get the same emotional effect of he's literally massacring people, but to him he just doesn't care. He doesn't. Yeah. It's nothing. Um, I mean, it's I, I totally agree with you in terms of sort of the the the, the extreme violence is definitely this thing's selling point. Right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it kind of sort of echoes into what I was saying in terms of whether or not d- do you compromise for the sake of live action, whether it be action violence characteristics any of that sort of stuff also now i don't know how you guys feel about sort of the voice acting side of things where you kind of have that mindset it's like say for example kevin conroy that then becomes your mind's eye or your mind's ear on how these characters should sound and speak well so jk simmons for example being omni-man is like just all I can think about now, even when I, I reread some of the comic books for you uh, hear Invincible. his voice, right? Exactly. Yeah. Same with Stephen Yuna's um, Invincible. Yeah. Mark, I never necessarily had a, a, a an voice. idea of what I thought they sound like, but mm-hmm. now I've watched it and they did such a good job. Yeah, he did. That's who I hear in my head. Well, I'm also like, if you have a live action 
will you just have all those actors? <laughs> because, but you can't. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, J.K. Simmons got ripped as hell for Commissioner Gordon, and then that kind of went to nowhere. Yeah, so I why don't know did he? Whether... Why? Why was his? No, we don't have time for that. I was going to say. <laughs> no, I was no, going to be like, it was another film. It was another film. He was. Was in. it? I thought it was. He was getting it for Commissioner. I Gordon. thought it was Gordon. Commissioner Gordon. He just got what was stacked. it? J. Joma Janison. Like he he was ripped for J. 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 I mean, he was he was pretty he was pretty like robust for Whiplash, but uh, I guess it was a fair few years before. Wasn't uh, it? I, think, I saw I another think... movie with him in, and I was like, "Damn!" What he was did that? Get jacked. He got. He put on some size. What film was that? I'm trying like? to think. I'm trying to. He was Jacked just... King Simmons. That's yeah, <laughs> that was the film. Yeah. I'm Jack King Simmons. It was just uh, the 2021 around. film that was on everyone's lips, uh, "The Tomorrow War" with Chris Pratt. Oh no oh, way! No. Was yeah. it that? He's in God. that, and he was jacked. Like, was he getting jacked for that? He was huge. <sighs> I mean, Can you I... imagine that you got so. I mean, it's great that you got so ripped, but then <laughs> the only two films that you got to sort of kind of sh- well, not even <laughs> Batman cause, or. Uh, the I Justice mean, he was wearing a trench, he was in a wench, trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was in a tank top like the entirety of his screen. I mean, for this do film. you know what? I reckon. To. It's probably in the contract. I re- No, I reckon he came forward in the negotiations and was like, look, I got fucking ripped for Batman and I got nothing. Okay. In this, I'm only wearing a tank top. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, but like, we want your, your character's meant to be like quite like suited and booted. He's wearing yeah. a tank top or I ain't doing it. All right. Like, yeah. I did this and I didn't get to show it off once. I'm, I'm wearing a tank top. And they're like, okay, all right. It's, it's okay, JK Simmons. But it's yeah. all right. I, th- I think the, the biggest problem with, in terms of getting the guys or getting the cast, the voice cast to play the I mean, characters, no, is they're, they're all too old. They're all term. way too old. Because they're supposed to be teenagers, and you've got yeah. Jillian Jacobs, who's, you know, not late 30s. Yeah, and things. No, yeah. wouldn't work at all. Yeah. Like, no. But so, yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't really work. Yeah. I just don't want that to be a thing. I don't. Yeah. Why does everything. Like, even with, this is a whole other episode, so we won't spiral off too much, but Netflix is doing a live action. I've brought up Avatar a lot today. Maybe I it's should rewatch it. It's a great show. It. And it's an ad, like, it, it um, is a fantastic animation. But they're doing a live action show. Yeah. And we yeah. already know a live action one of that went really badly. Mm. So why are we doing that? We have the show. Like, I don't need a live action version of an animation because the yeah. animation does its own thing. We've got to stop looking at... We had a conversation on Tuesday, wasn't it, Sim? For your... Uh, was it Tuesday or Monday? No, it's Monday. We had a conversation Monday at Simone's family get-together where somebody was like, oh, I don't watch animation. That's for kids. And I'm Ooh. like, we've, we've, <laughs> we've got to move away from that interpretation of animation. Yeah. And I think yeah. a show like Invincible with the violence shows that it's not for kids. This yeah. is an but adult It doesn't show. have to be violent just to be oh, no, to Avatar towards ad- adults. Know? Yeah, because Avatar's fantastic uh, testament to sort of quality animation. Mm. Uh, but in the movies, you know, I haven't seen TMNT. My friend's seen it and the reviews have been very positive. So clearly yep, that's... Very positive. Uh, Spider-Man. Indication. And yeah, I mean, Spider-Man is the film you know if you want to say look if you want to show what creativity and animation can sort of push the boundaries of that that's it and it, it does the same concepts that far from home where's my home i can't get home <laughs> it has the same <laughs> concepts as that but does it so much better oh, like 100 percent, 100 percent better i mean it succeeds what the entirety of phase three yeah. to four yeah. have failed to do it's in the space of mad. one movie it's, it's mad isn't it how yeah. bad Phase three and four have been, and Spider-Man in one film hits it out of the park. Home yeah. run! They've won the game. Just put the bats down. Spider-Man's done it. It's they done. just got to hope they don't drop it for Beyond, which is because of the strikes. Whilst fully Correct. rightly so, yeah, it's been shelved potentially indefinitely until they've got this settled. Which uh, yeah, I feel ooh. like a lot of projects are going to be shelved indefinitely. Yeah, um, we're going to have a very quiet. Uh, quite a few years of conflict. Well, it's going to be what? a real quiet 2025, I tell you that. And do you yeah. know what's a good time in 2025? Rewatching Avatar again for the <laughs> sixth time, <laughs> six time in that year, because it's a great show. But I think we do have to accept that we are going to have things shelved, and unfortunately Invincible may well become part of that because we are, it is a streaming show, and the streaming, as Simone fantastically explained, one of the major things is to do with streaming rights. Yeah. Um, and it's it's likely that even though 
season three is apparently recorded, that doesn't mean rewrites aren't needed or if it's animated, etc. So we we, we may be looking for a long time that these are shelved, but it's an opportunity to go back and, and look at some amazing animated shows because animation's not just for kids. Yeah, and I think the other thing with animation is it's timeless. You know, yep. you can go back and watch the early Disney movies, and yeah, you can show, you can see that they're they're sort of likely more rudimentary <laughs> and a bit more racist, <laughs> definitely for sure. I mean, do you know, I rewatched all the animated Disney movies. Um, you did, didn't you? Yeah, during the first lockdown, and some of them are still really good. Yeah. They still hold up. Yeah, they, you know, it's it's the it's the quality over just quantity, which mm-hmm. is something like today's media has kind of miss the point of you know, no we'll, totally we'll bring you out three seasons of the witcher but they'll all be crap you know we'll bring you out eighteen thousand million marvel tv shows and not a single one of them bar maybe the first season of loki really resonated yeah all of them are totally forgettable i try i start i, I hand on heart have tried watching hawkeye like six times now and i just get so bored it's it, a better one of the lot, but it's still not great. It's but not great. That's how you have to explain it. It's not that bad. Which isn't good. That's, that's exactly. Exactly. Watch it. It's not really shit, but, you know. It's, you it, won't want to pull your eyes out, but you, you, know, you might at the end of it. I mean, there's just but, so many great shows out at the moment. Yeah. Why, mm. would, why would anyone be like, yeah, I'm going to go watch Hawkeye? Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it, with these things. You have Invincible... Why are we watching Hawkeye? And then exactly. we go back into the catalogue of animation. We've got Cowboy Bebop. We've got Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. We've got, I've even argued the first season, the first Full Metal Alchemist is better than some of the stuff we've had from Marvel. Yeah. And then you've got Death Note, just to keeping on anime. Like, they're all fantastic. Attack on Titan. Attack, Attack on, on Titan. Titan. Brilliant, yeah. My Hero Although, Academia. Uh, my Hero Academia, amazing. I will say with Attack on Titan, it did kind of like stress me out a bit, the amount people were screaming. It did just like every, like, ah, ah, ah. I was like, oh my God, Jesus. Oh God. Eren Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, I'm having a heart attack. Oh my God. But yeah, there's so many. And also yeah. a lot of them are totally easy to watch. Netflix has so many. Like, yeah. um, oh, what's the one about Dracula and vampires? Oh, God. Dracula and Vampire. Oh, Castlevania. Castlevania. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. And they've got the new season of that coming out soon. Yeah. Which also looks amazing. So why are yeah. we fucking around with yeah. like shitty... Ne- well, how has this become about Marvel being shit again? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's basically part of our you know agreement with ourselves that every podcast will shit on Marvel for a bit. Yeah. I feel like it's they've had their time in the sun. Let's shit yeah. on them now. Yeah, fuck it's you. The, it's the great uniter. It's the great uniter. <laughs> Just like Avatar, we're the great uniters. <laughs> we it, it Marvel unites us in our newfound hatred of it. Uh, yeah, sad. Yeah. It's really sad. They've let us down. But on but that note, invincible, I guess <laughs> Invincible is fantastic. And I think this, like we've said, is a really good prelude into what we're going to get in season two mm-hmm. um i think is there anything sort of based on what this is sort of alluded to or maybe is redredged up that you're potentially looking forward to seeing what they do in season two if, if any any sort of hopes that they sort of tackle um sim anything whilst um not that i can think of um i hope they deal with um I, having watched this, I was trying to think of a funny answer, but then I was like, actually, no, let's be, let's, let's be. <laughs> I, I could feel it coming. Could you you can always could, tell could, when yeah. I'm going, I would like them to do. It's when I like stretch out a sentence so I can give myself <laughs> time. No, but I actually, in all seriousness, I do want to explore how powerful she really is. Yeah. As I said at the start of the episode with my impressions of the episode, I really enjoyed it, but I was left with this sense that she is like, really powerful and i would like to explore what that really means because he was like i stopped you from being able to control organic matter that's like consciousness i guess living you know i want to go like you know how far can that actually go like she's wiped these guys memories what more shit can she do because i can't really see anybody matching that power yeah if she's able to do that so that's what i would like them to do cool simone uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Way to jump on my points. No, <laughs> no, I, I didn't really have anything that I had thought of, but um, I agree mm. with you. Actually, that's a really good point, Ian. Well done. Um, 
said you get the gold star. Said through like gritted teeth. Well, ten points done. to Gryffindor. Um, no, yeah, I, I th- it would be good to see because I don't think we've, in terms of in Invincible, in terms of what her powers can do. Um, I don't think it is it suggested that she's like the most powerful one of the like babies baby team. <laughs> I mean, she's she's definitely up there in terms of but, the categories, but and Mark I mean, seems inter- to be is he more powerful? Like, no, I I think this is what I want to know. I think she's they're more a, powerful. They're a great pairing, but I, I I'm hesitant to sort of say about what necessarily I'm potentially looking forward to, other than more the rip roaring time well the rip roaring tour but more the fallout of what happened at the end of season one you know how the world sort of reels from omni-man's reveal that he's a a villain viltrumite all along it's true actually and so finding out superman's like a real piece of shit exactly and also how the world treat mark knowing that he's his son yeah he's an up-and-coming superhero how is he that how is that reflecting how he deals with the the potential sort of super heroics that he takes part in and how the world receives him. Mm. So I think well, that, that's, that's, a... that's an interesting character dynamic that I'm looking forward to. But I don't really want to sneak... I don't want to spoil too much about Atomy. You've, you've, you've ruined it. You've spoiled it. I know, I know. <laughs> but watch that space is all I'm saying because it gets pretty crazy. <laughs> but uh, on that note... Wild I, times. I think we've done it. I think this is, this is episode of uh, Atomy Complete chit-chat achieved <laughs> thank you both for joining me brother uh, on brother, this brother. Uh, this brother. phenomenal journey into invincible and a uh, little touch on politics and uh, <laughs> fuck the tories man fuck the tories can we just end the episode i was gonna say it's a shame we can't have that well if you like this episode and politically charged discussion today then uh, please come back and listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and uh, now on SoundCloud. Uh, until the next uh, Politically Charged episode, thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you soon. See ya. Thanks so much, and bye.